That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nelson Mania alongside for the ride as a man that, well, he was supposed to be one champion, then there was supposed to be a title exchange, so then he decided to throw it on the ground, JC. And I can confirm that no one tried to fight me backstage. I do not have heat, and I am not all elite. But what I can confirm is that this is the season premiere of the Jabberknocker, right? Because that's is. what we do. There's no off-season, much like the wrestling world. No off-season for the Jabberknocker. So this is the season premiere, baby. And we're going to look ahead to Halloween Havoc tonight, which I am super pumped for. It's going to be super hot fire. Spin the wheel, make a deal, baby. Maybe we'll do that. Uh, AEW has a big week as well uh, with tournaments. And they're in Boston on Wednesday. So I know some of our uh, people we know are going. Very excited for them. Wish I could go. But Nestlemania... I guess we got to hit on the the jewel of crowns first. That's true. That did happen like a long time ago. We should probably piss through this because, in my opinion, the TV Guide version probably the best Saudi show I'd ever seen. It was. It was. I think it was one of the best pay per views of the year. I think both you and I kind of expected that going in. Yeah. I know a lot of people are on the team boycott for these type of events. Sure. For but that's fine. That's fine. Um, but uh, for me, I thought this was fun. I mean, even the pre show match, Usos in the Hurt business. We're not going to see that much because they're opposite brands. I love that they did it. It was fun. But Nestlemania, my match of that, my match of the week, my match of a uh, really fun match was Edge being Seth Rollins. I love this match. So here's the thing. I didn't get to watch it live. I had to work, obviously, like the rest of us. I don't know how anybody could watch this thing live unless you just If you work from home your, like me, baby. You can ignore your job. Yeah. Um, so work I, from home. I couldn't ignore my job. Uh, but no, I. So you texted me saying, because I, I said to you guys, I'm not watching live. Tell me all the good stuff that I should watch. Because, honestly, I was going to watch it anyway, but I wanted to make sure I focused potentially on certain things. So, Hell in a Cell started, and you said, if only for the crazy table spot, yeah. watch it. And I went, and I saw it, and I went, huh, that was that was something. Seth is special. Yeah. he. I mean, our boy Danny Grimwood, I know, right out of the gate, obviously, a big supporter of Seth Rollins. But I, I, I thought to myself, I couldn't tell, like, afterwards, like, the, the ricochet off to the table and then the other spot through the table. I was like... I wonder what spot he meant. It was more. the first okay, one. Okay, all right. Yeah, it was the first one. Okay. Because I had never seen someone take a bump like that through a table. It was creative. And when I watch those types of matches, I think I say it all the time with a cage match or a Hell in a Cell or a TLC, like we see the hits from everyone. Mm-hmm. But when you see something unique like that, it I appreciate that and it catches my eye. And Seth has always been a guy that will pull out spots like that. So good for him. And, uh, you know, we got to give Edge credit because yeah. Edge went out of his way to tell some great story in yep. there. and. You know they they called back to literally every match they had in the trilogy. It was so beautiful. It was it was a it was a construct on how to particularly end a feud. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know, but they'll revisit it because it's the WWE. Yeah. So next up we have uh, Mansoor beating Ali, and what I thought was a pretty good match. I loved Ali's look with the eyeliner, and then after the match, uh, Olympic silver medalist in karate. Uh, I don't have his name in front of me, but he KO'd Ali after the match for the cool moment for the crowd. So they got two hometown heroes for the price of one. This was what I expected it to be. It was fine. So I watched this and I was upset. Here's why. Oh, God. Um, so Ali had a great match with Mansoor. And then they kind of paraded this guy out, which I understand he's a big deal. I, I understand that. But there's a joke within my inner circle, no pun intended, where we joke about WrestleMania 10 when Bret Hart wins. They have everybody up there. Macho Man jumps up on the turnbuckle and then points to Bret Hart. And we always joke about somebody Macho Manning your moment. And this guy Macho Man you know, Mansoor's moment essentially for me. Cause all I thought about was great. Mansoor won. Let's end it. Then they had this guy. And I thought for like a half a second, because everything was like there. I'm like, if that's our truth, I'm going to be so pissed. And then, that, and then that happened. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who he is, but at least they did a good job with the background on it. But all I could think about was, I know they're trying to get this guy to rub off on, uh, on Mansoor, excuse me. But it, to me, it was such a disconnect. See, I don't even think it was that. I think it was just that obviously we know Mansoor is, uh, he's Brock Lesnar in 
at these events because he's a hometown hero. But this was, I think, another thing where they really wanted to have recognition for this guy with the crowd because it's a big deal for them over there. Like, we in America, a silver medalist and something, it's nothing to us because we look at the Olympics, freaking we're in the gold medal race. We have more gold medals than you could line up like 50 countries together, have total medals. So, but over there, like, this is a big deal for them. It's a huge, like, hero thing. So the fact that WWE, like, not only got him to perform on their show, but it was kind of like an honoring and an opportunity for him. I'm sure it was the cool moment. And it's hard, yes, for peop- us watching on TV over here in America, it f- as of course it's going to feel weird because we obviously I didn't know who the guy was either until they said it. But this was, I mean, it's one of those things. People make the joke about this being a house show. It's not, but there are aspects of a house show to this pay-per-view because it's so unique, and that's what this was to me. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, the the second best part of the pay per view was Riddle riding in on a camel. That was fucking amazing because if anyone's gonna ride in on those camels, which were just sitting there, it was gonna be Riddle. And it's just like this guy, man. I I can't remember the last time he did something where I didn't think it was funny or great. So they obviously retain in uh, a match that we've seen a few times, but I still enjoy. I was fatigued at that point. I mean, I enjoyed the camel, but I I just I, I thought to myself, this is a good pay- this is a good stoppage for me for a little bit. Well, for me, it was the next part, even though I was very happy for her because I love Zelina. But uh, hey, it went longer than a dropper alert. Yes, it did. It, it went finally, like five minutes. It finally did. Zelina defeated Dewdrop to become queen. I love the code red to finish the match. Um, and the backstory with it is uh, really cool, too. But the moment for Zelina made it all worth it. But the match, yeah, I could take it all. The lead up was kind of whatever. It, you know, so that's yeah. how it is. Let's move on. Goldberg speared Lashley off the stage for the win. This match, I saw some people say this was Goldberg's best match ever. They might not be wrong because uh, him and Bobby Lashley for two big meaty men slapping meat, like they they went longer than I thought and they were very physical. They went all around the arena, which is that was a stipulation. So they actually did it. And honestly, I can't say anything really negative about this match. I thought it worked. I, I was pleasantly surprised and... Bill Goldberg works the best when he's got Gaga. So watching him beat up Cedric and, and Shelton, mm-hmm. I was happy with. Seeing him spear him off the ramp, great. You know, he said he was going to kill him. Clearly he couldn't kill him, but he did the most that he possibly could. I'm so glad that Gage made no appearance whatsoever. That me made too. me happy. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I would put this I would put this in top three of Goldberg's best matches. Agree. Top three. Agree. The end. Kane Woods. Kane Woods. It actually happened. Yeah. They crowned I was so excited. Arcane. Everyone wanted this. They made it happen. Finn Balor put him over as uh, we all hoped he would. I didn't think they would, but they did. And Xavier Woods officially Kane Xavier Woods. I was so happy because all, when I was watching this match, it was like the only match that I actually felt like my butthole was tightening a little bit where I was just like so uncomfortable because I was just like, as much as I love Finn Balor being the king, all I could think about was there's not enough legs here. They'll abandon it somehow, some way. But Woods is the type of person, like, not that I know him, but, like, you can at least see it from him. Childhood dream. He wanted this he, more than the title. Was, this was something that he wanted. Yeah. But not only this, like, if this is something he wanted since he was 17 years old, at least that's what they said in the commentary, he had to have thought about what his year as king will be. You know what I mean? In his the way that he thought it would be funny. So when he won, I literally screamed because I was so happy for him. And as we see on, you know, SmackDown, it's already off and running, and it made a perfect sense for him, so I was so happy for him. Next up, we have, and I'm curious your take here, what I think was the second best match on the card, a match that I wasn't excited for at all, but Big E and Drew McIntyre, I thought these guys were absolutely fantastic, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I don't like Baby on Babies most of the time because I just think from it's, it's just so hard. It's harder to do. It's so hard to do. You can do heel and heel a little bit easier, but Baby on Baby is so hard to do, and I... I look at it from this, JC. Drew McIntyre has fatigued me, but Big E is starting to win me over more and more every week where I'm like, not only is he a champion, he's not a transitional champion, a paper champion, but I can see that he is the guy for a little bit, and I'm so happy for him. And I, I enjoy the big ending, but I thought, like, they did a, they did a good enough job. Make they, they've, they feel like they've interacted with each other so long that I felt like at least this was like, okay, they studied each other. They're buddies. They had a little bit of a story. I don't think it was the best match on the card. I don't think it was the second best match on the card. Well, what would you put second? Just curious. I really loved Uso's Hurt Business for me. Like, okay. I really loved that match. I didn't even really think about that because it was on the pre-show, yeah. but I loved that too. That was probably, so, that'd probably be my three. I, for me, I thought that that was a better match for me because it had something I hadn't seen before, and I think that's the factor in which, and I know we hadn't seen Big E but, and uh, Mac, but it felt like we had because yeah. of so much down your throat. I, I think that's fair. Next up, we have... 
It was a week of disappointment in the women's division because we got no changes and we're going to get to SmackDown, but Becky retains after rolling up Sasha. I called it. You did. I called it. I said it was going to happen, and uh, I'm not surprised one bit because this is what they do. And on Monday, and I'm sorry, was it Friday? Friday. Friday, you know, we'll talk about well, it. It was also on Monday where, like, Bianca, like, should have won the title. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, we're sitting here going, like, it's not. It, it's serving two masters and not giving a shit about the rest of the roster. That's what we're doing now. We, we, we are literally feeding two monsters. Whether you believe in one and the other, we'll talk about that later. But these two women, yes, they are very important. But there is a whole litany of amazingly talented women that you deserve You know who's more everything. important than both of them right now is Bianca Belair. She's one of your biggest stars in the company. I'm not even kidding. I fully believe that. She is a top two star in this but company But here's the right thing. Now. Here's what I think. And it might be because she's a rookie-ish in that still like second year so sophomore feeling. Or the way she's brought up. I feel like she's always going to be humble. She's never going to be yeah, that person 100%. that goes out of out of her way to do something. And that's why I look at Raw last night, and we're going to talk about it because it was the first time I saw a different side of her since NXT. Okay. But we'll get there. Uh, we will go to the main event, though, where Roman Reigns, after some tomfoolery with some. the title and the Usos, does retain against Brock Lesnar. Obviously, the seminal moment of this match was Paul Heyman grabbing the title and throwing it between them, refusing to pick a side. Obviously, eventually, Reigns does get the edge and the victory. You know what to do with it. He didn't give me the title, though, Paul. And so I was happy that Roman Reigns won. Um, and I thought this was a good story match. It wasn't necessarily take me on a ride match. Yes. But it was a story where I was it was unfolding in front of me, which, again, gave me a palate cleanse to everything else I was watching. So, honestly, they hit all the checkpoints. It wasn't something that I will remember very much. But it was it, it it was a big fight feel. It was interesting, and I thought they did an excellent job furthering the storyline, which they did even better on on Friday night's SmackDown. Well, that's what we're gonna do right now. Is always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose, future NXT Women's Champ, Toxic Attraction baby. Um, something that I think you will remember forever as we kick off the shine is what happened on Friday night SmackDown. Obviously, Roman Reigns, his promos are unmatched. I absolutely love that opening, but. Lesnar comes out and literally kills everyone, including your hero, Adam Pierce. Oh yeah, yeah. This was this. If I could, I am I am obligated to give my comeback to somebody else this week. But if I didn't have to have this obligation, Brock Lesnar by a mile would have gotten my comeback for getting rid of Adam Pierce for at least a week. And if he comes back next week, I'm going to be very upset because he should be out for at least a month. I think this might have wrote him off for a bit. I hope so. Yeah. But I mean, we're stuck with Sonya Deville, so I don't know if that really helps. It is what yeah. it is. Scrap daddy. But yeah, he ate two F5s for his trouble. And ripped his pants. Let's not let's not hey, bury that lead. I mean, if Brock Lesnar... Ripped his pale skin pants. If Brock Lesnar was tearing me apart, I'd probably rip my pants too. Well, you so. shit your pants, then rip your pants. I mean, maybe, or vice maybe versa. they ripped because he had such a scary shit. Maybe that's true. It is October. It is. I thought this segment was wonderful. It was. I thought 35 I, minutes didn't bother me one nope. bit. And I thought this was the most compelling television I've seen all week. Yeah. Roman, Unbelievable. Roman Reigns is... He is on a different level right now, and Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. And right, the Brock Lesnar we are seeing right now is a side of Brock Lesnar we have not seen in probably over a decade where he is actually the good guy. Like, it, it's just one of those things that, like, he's on his own. He's just a path of destruction. It just, it's so refreshing because Lesnar's never bad, but this is being something so different, and, like, the tables turned of him and Reigns. Like, think about how lo much they feuded the last, like, five years or whatever but how fresh this feels and how good this feels because of it. It's not over yet. We're going to get a break now because that's, that's what happens with Lesnar's yeah. schedule, which I think is good. But, yeah, this was by far my number one thing of the week. I'm curious what else you liked. I was curious to – so people have made the comments on the internet, and that's, you know, the internet. But they said, you know, this is the same storyline where he got hurt, you know, hurt somebody, got suspended, and come back whenever the hell they decide to bring him back. That didn't bother me because no. I thought, like, one, it was far enough away. Like, yes, it, it is very similar. It also makes sense. But wrestling is cyclical in the, in the aspect of they could reuse storylines anyway, so just, just pump your brakes on that. But, I mean, he beat up everybody. Yeah. Like, what else are you supposed to do? And we know he's not going to be there every week or every month. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's Brock fucking Lesnar. Like, just let him do what he wants and move on. Because, honestly, I think what he did by putting Roman Reigns over – now makes me feel like okay, there's a rematch when that rematch happens. I think it will. And it's going to be a big will deal. and should happen at the Royal Rumble, 
because that way Brock's away from the Royal Rumble and then potentially you have someone who could win it to face Reigns. That's my ideal scenario. I don't know if they do it. They could save it for Mania. Maybe, but um, I feel like... I, but I think a, the Royal Rumble is a good spot for it because I think obviously you have the Royal Rumble matches, but this would be that big match they like to have there too. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back in my head. If Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns main event a, another WrestleMania, is that the third time? Because I know they I did it so. 31. They did it at 34? I think you're correct. We'd have to check. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fairly certain. Because last year, he didn't he didn't do anything. Yeah. He, he hadn't been back in two years, so this run. Yeah. COVID. So it was just... I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this would be a third time, which would very much be close to the Stone Cold and the, the Rock yeah. in three times. They so. could pull it off. I just think the Royal Rumble is the perfect spot for it. But hey, we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, Nestlemania, you know who is going to be around every week and who I'm excited to see every week? Hit Row. <laughs> Hit Row. They made their debut on SmackDown. As you know, since the moment these four appeared on my television together in NXT, I was in. And I think a lot of people were with me. They got better and better. There's just something about them where they have that it factor, despite like three of them being so new. And Swerve, like on his own, was like, whatever. You saw the kind of the turn there, but I mean, we know what he can do in the rain. But it's just it's something like sometimes you just have something that clicks. That's why these guys got hot shot into the main roster because they're like, why do we want to keep it down to NXT where people aren't going to see them? Let's get them on our premier product. Let's let these people just grow in front of their eyes. And, man, you know, they're not going to do a lot. At first, I think it's going to be a lot of those like promo-y, music-y type things with maybe a squash match here and there. But I'm okay with it because there's the, I just love watching these guys. They're interesting. I think that they are, as a group, they have four unique people, three especially, that really stand out. And I think they can work well with everyone. Obviously, you're looking at the New Day there and stuff. There's a lot of good potential feuds. But for me, I thought this was a decent start. It wasn't a home run by any means. But I thought it was a good start to them because they're just – these guys are authentic, and I think that's the best part of Hit Row. Listen, I want to say this very – I want to throw a ticker to day parade, babe, whatever you say, because there was actual jobbers yeah. on our programming. Yep. And honestly, it was Williams and, uh, and Lawyer, which were hilarious names in general. But I just – I was so happy to see actual enhancement talent on our program. I think – Obviously, we're the name of the jobber knocker. We love enhancement talent. But this, for me, made me go, okay. Like, this made me feel like everything else is different. Like, it's not, a, it's not just a jobber alert. We make a joke about that. But this was more like, yes, because Braun Strowman's and, like, the other things that we fell in love with was, like, the slow steadiness of it. That's what I enjoyed. Because we knew Hit Row entrance, presentation, the whole, you know, a plus, yep. yap, yap, yap with my rap, rap, rap. They're going to kill it. But then in, in the match, I was like, okay, this gives Top Dollar some time to, to you know, jaw while he's wrestling. He looks like Suge Knight a little bit. Top Dollar, like, I mean, it, it, it's, I'm curious to see how this evolution goes. I think with the three of them, I think they should do kind of like the New Day tag team thing yeah. where they kind of mix and match to start. But I'm curious to see, obviously, Swerve, Makes they all they all say they're equal and not a leader, but to me, Swerve has always felt like the leader, probably because he was a champion NXT. But I am curious. I like I think Vince is going to really like Top oh, Dollar. Yeah. Plus, he's a guy that's not afraid. Being a guy who played in the NFL for a long time, he has a lot of confidence in himself. And the crazy thing about the rap disc that he released on the Young Bucks, this guy has two legit rap albums published apparently. So he's like he's legit there too. So I think he's the one that Vince could really get to. Um, but I am curious to see going forward um, how they evolve. But I'm excited either way because. I think there's just so much talent in that stable. I mean, they're only going to get better. That's, that they're only going to get better. I'm, I just feel bad for Adonis because all I keep thinking about was that guy needs to find something quick because the he, other three are fine. I, I think it's one of those things, though. I think cause, uh, I think his wrestling will kind of come out, and I think especially like he'll be the guy that eventually, like we see with a lot of stables, like sometimes that person gets the rise just because he becomes like that underrated person yeah. and people start to feel for him. So I could see that happening for him. But yeah, right now it's definitely the other three are just such larger than life characters. He's in the background. I sure. would even, I would even go as far as to say top dollar and B fab are up there and like swerve is a pecking order down a little yeah. bit, which sucks. Cause we know that swerve is so good, yeah. but in terms of a character, I feel like 
I look at BFAB and I look at well, Top they, Dollar they and they're stand, WWE top. They both stand out for yeah. a multitude of reasons, yeah. um, for sure. And that's why the stable caught my attention because I knew who Swerve was. But I think all of them together, like, they all get cooler because they're together. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. That's the best part of this. Like, it's a perfect stable. Wrestling's always the best when there's a stable. Yeah. Like, by far. It has to not be like teams, a, good a stable. stable. They have to have a good stable <laughs> yes. that sticks together. That's for a long period of time. We can get into that another time. But, man, I, I absolutely loved it. For something else I wanted to say that I thought was relatively fun and exciting was the main event of raw. I always, I love a ladder match specifically, but then there was four people that I actually enjoy watching. That makes it easier. I like the lead up to a lot of it. I didn't like the resume building at the beginning of the program. I always think the first raw pro promo of the night always they do this every year, but it drives me insane with the whole thing, but whatever. And it is what it is, but watching KO watching Rollins watch even Ray Finn Balor. They did a great job. Obviously, KO is good for a kaboom of the week every single fucking time he goes and hurts his body. Ray did a good enough job not being, you know, too much Ray. He died for his sins, too. He did. KO put him through a table. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a gentle power bomb, yeah. but he, he cared. And then, you know, we got to the meat and potatoes of, you know, Rollins and, 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 and Finn and stuff, and that was fine. There is, I'm curious how you feel about this because I don't have a problem with it, but it was an interesting conversation to have in the Jabberknocker thread about how it might have been too soon to have Rollins win. So two things. My first one is... Finn Balor's cell on the curb stop might have been one of the best ever because they had that tight shot on his face afterwards. He legit looked like he was dead. Like, bravo. But I, so I'll say this. The second Seth Rollins came out was the first interrupt biggie. I'm like, this is the feud. Yeah. They didn't have to do the match. I already knew it. I thought it was just the match was going to be a formality. They're like, okay, who are three other studs that have been draped in gold and our top stars in our company who are going to be awesome in ladder match? Throw them with Rollins because we're going to have a fucking banner of a main event. Like, that was pay per view worthy main event right there. But to me, it was an already doubt because I think coming off a Big E Drew feud, doing a Big E feud with another babyface would have done a huge disservice to Big E. He needs to go against someone that can get legitimate fucking hate. And as much as I hate the WWE method is a guy loses a feud or he loses a title, he immediately hot shots to another title or another feud. I hate that. But in this scenario, I think it made sense because I'm looking at Raw. What other heel is there really that's ready for this spot where Seth and Big E now can probably have a program through the Royal Rumble? Like, we might get fatigued by it, but even maybe this is just like a starter. Maybe they do one, then they move on and they come back to it later. But I just think, especially on Raw, Rollins on Raw has always been better. He fits that brand more, especially as a heel. Um, he's going to be great for Raw Monday Night Rollins. Obviously makes a lot of sense. So to me, this was a no-brainer. I understand people's frustrations, but I think this is just, this is the feud it had to be because I don't think you could go babyface versus babyface feud back to back with Big E as a new first time babyface champion. Yeah. He needs a legitimate heel he can spar with to really cement him as the top babyface. Yeah, you got me thinking because when I was watching this, all I could think about the only other person that I think is ready is uh, AJ Styles. That's it. Yeah. There's literally no one else in that roster because Randy Orton's babyface right now. Yep. And I mean, Bearcat, you can say what you want, but that's, that's, gonna, not there yet. that's La gonna Lashley marinate. and him just finished up. Yeah. And Lashley used to take it some time off, it seems like. There's not anyone there. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, we can get to this in a minute that we maybe saw a little bit of a change of Damian Priest this week, too. Is that, that that threw me off because, I mean, I was going to be more of a heat for me with all the music. Yeah, changes, we, no, but, so I'm, I'm, this is more yeah. of a tease. Yeah, but I just, I, 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 I'm very excited to see where Big E goes because there's something about his. He's just authentic enough for me to believe in. I think that's what it comes down to. And, yeah. I, and when he does his promo, I went, everything he says, I believe. He's likable. Yeah, I, he, I've always liked Big E. He's, he's just fun. Likeable. And the best part of him winning the title is he hasn't changed. Right. Some people change because they have to when you become the top guy in the company. Big E hasn't. He's still Big E. He's still out there shaking his booty, yeah. shaking his tatas, doing his funny stuff, like gyrating on ropes. Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Sign me up. All right, anything else that you have very much exciting in your shine? Well, I think we can use this as a transitional piece because I'm picking up what you're putting down, but one of my favorite parts of Raw was that we were getting a Damian Priest-T-Bar match. Not only for because it's I'm happy that T-Bar is being featured as a single star, this felt so fresh to me. And that's my most exciting part about these drafts and shakeups is that you get fresh matchups. And I was just worried because obviously we saw it with a lot of the other shows. It's like, all the new SmackDown people are going to fight the SmackDown people just on Raw, which, like, whatever. But the, this was something where I was like, I haven't really seen this in singles. And it's interesting. And 
I just hope WWE like gives us like more of this where it's like you take these guys because you forget like a guy like T-Bar has barely been used on the Raw roster for like what a year besides an occasional tag team. But it's like they have so many guys like a T-Bar that are so talented and can have really good matches with everyone that they don't feature ever. Instead, we get the same people fighting over and over. So this was a nice brush, breath of fresh air to be like, give us more unique matchups like this. Maybe like once or twice a show, we get something unique with like maybe a guy that's on the lower card fighting a top card guy and just let them fight for 10 to 15 minutes. So that part to me was very refreshing. But I do think we need to address the character change here. So we can get in the heat if you would. Yes, please. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Look, I was surprised when they did the half seas thing and Dom was texting me or whatever, talking about how it was like a heel baby face, like two face. I liked it. I liked that. I was bothered by the music changes for everybody, but this one took me out of it completely. It went, I know we're getting new music. People are getting new changes, new people up on the, whatever. Like it's inevitable. Nothing we can deal with it. It's just suck it up, buttercup, do with it, you know? But this one felt like an egregious, unnecessary thing. But I can be talked into how they needed to have that change because of the change he had in the match with T-Bar after the chair throwing. It wasn't just a regular chair, by the way. That's the business end of a chair. I loved everything about that match, including the finish, because I thought that was cool. I liked that it was a DQ, because it was quick. Um, and, you know, I don't like the definitive job alert all the time, so it's fine. I didn't even leave it because it was a DQ. But I'm concerned on the fact of... I get... Maybe we're getting a heel, but the maybe they're trying to get more heels ready for Big E. I think that's what it is, is because I think the way I looked at this is that because they obviously they changed everything about his presentation, the music, the entrance, his look, even like he had more of like that darker eyeshadow going on and less of like the bright colors on his gear and stuff. It was definitely and his mannerisms in the rain. Like he's been very smiley, like cool smiley. But he wasn't really smiley at all in this. It, was, it looked like a definitive change that they were making. But I think more, he'll probably be that badass guy for now. But that's exactly what I think it was. I think they're molding him to become a top heel challenger. Because I think they're looking at Raw. And I'm like, I think they want to keep Ray and Finn as baby faces. KO, someone who could easily turn heel. But even when you turn him heel, he's still a baby face. Just because he's so freaking popular. That That's what this felt like to me. I do I do agree with you. Like This caught me completely off guard. Because he's been one of the guys we've talked about the last six to eight months of just everything working. Yeah. So, so that's the guy that you're stripping down and changing surprised me, but I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah, but also you got to think about it this way too, where like it's really, really, really difficult because, you know, he, he was doing so well and then he was connecting with the crowd. Even if he fumbled, he was connecting with the crowd and it was just too much for, for everybody to kind of sit there and go, hey, this guy, this guy's great. There's nothing wrong with him. And yet we're doing a gear shift. I don't understand it. I don't, I, you know, like, again, I don't know anything. But from a physical standpoint of being a fan, I was starting to get behind this guy. I was starting to cheer this guy. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker. But he had some likable qualities about him. He was cool. He was like, like I, we've talked about yeah, he's like Razor so Ramon much. a little bit. He's just so cool. Yeah. He, he just couldn't really cool... explain it, but he just was. Yeah. He had an aura about him. Not yeah. really a Jeff Hardy aura, but, like, you know, it was fun. But now, like, the whole, like, Two-Face thing, I went, eh. Eh, like I think let's see where it goes, obviously, as you say, but I'm, I'm under the camp of why, 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 why it's, it wasn't broken. It wasn't broken. I, I, and I, again, I completely understand that, but I am, I will say that I was intrigued and WWE usually historically is good at sometimes jumping off of things before they start to like wear to the Bill Belichick. Yeah. So, and I think maybe they felt that like with priest, like, Maybe they felt like he peaked in terms of that type of thing, and they, they know he's good, and they believe in him, especially in the rain. They're like, now's the time to do the shift because the opportunity's here. Because I'm assuming he's especially, he might be working with a Finn next. He might be working with a Ray at some point. He might be working with a KO. That I think it makes a lot more sense to do this with him and kind of embrace it before the fans do it themselves. Kind of get ahead of it. So. I don't know. It's it's an odd it's an odd juxtaposition because they've milked everything for all it's worth. So for them to get out in front of something for once is yeah, a very odd it is. scenario. I feel like with the people that they really invest in, they're pretty good at getting out in front. It's more of the other stuff they kind of milk that they didn't expect, like the Rusev days or whatever, and they kind of ruin. So. They milked Rusev, you say? Not in a good way, though. No, they milked it in all the bad ways. No, he he's he's milked. Those Miro packages. Nothing gets me more hype than his fucking forty-five second vignettes they have him do. I love it. I. Why have you forsaken me? Oh, they're just like, they're so 
good. They are good. They're so in the production quality. I, I wish I could edit those. Those look like so much fun. All right. A stud. So there's two things I want to talk about. Uh, obviously, the headlines, obviously, of what we you know can get to. But very quickly, what the fuck is up with Queen Zelina's intermittent uh, accent? When <laughs> so I saw this, I, I got so angry. I so saw angry. your comments and a lot of other people's comments about it, so I was curious. And, like, obviously, at first in your promo, she wasn't doing it. Then she started doing it, but it's one of those things, like, that's the exact voice I make when I try to be, like, old, like, pr- like prudy yeah. or, like, things. So it kind of made me laugh. Her going in and out of it, like, I saw it more as funny than a problem for now because I wasn't taking it seriously anyways because I think just, like, the way it is, like, I'm so happy for her. But but it was it was very funny to watch, like, the jarring difference. But it seemed like... Well, she ha- the thing is, is she already has a Brooklyn yes. accent. That's the issue. I feel like when, though, the reason why I didn't mind it as much because I feel like when she was using the queenly accent was when she was directly talking to either Mike Rome or, like, the crowd. And then she'd go back when she was just, like, more saying regular lines. But when she was, like, talking down to people, I feel like that's when she used it. So it didn't bother me as much as probably you guys because I took it that way. But I am curious going forward if she's going to pick well, a side or still just kind of tweet. If it. she goes back and forth, I'm going to be so pissed. Like, not, not, <laughs> I kind of want her to. Not, 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 be not, hilarious. not pissed in the way that I'm like, oh, my God, she's got me heat wise. Like, it'll turn off my TV or I'll fast forward it. No, you won't. No, I will. I absolutely you will. not will. do that to Zelina. I will. She looks incredible as a queen. Sure. La reina. La reina. But look, so for me. I, I thought about this. King Booker went all in on that ridiculous accent. I want her to either go all in or I want her to stop what she's doing because she's good enough where she is without the accent. She doesn't need it. But if she brings it with her, do it all the time. I, I would want rather her, do it I all want, the time. You know what? I want her the opposite. I want her to mix and match no. because it's clearly getting her heat. And I like when you get mad. So give it to me, love. No. Right now. No. Mix and match, baby. She's she's like she's like an out of out of range UFAH station or UF what is it, UFW, whatever. But like you know what? Like you, you probably no fucking clue you're talking you, about. So like back in the day, because I'm old, when you would have like a station that you you had to have on a, like a little portable TV. Yeah. And you had to look. Oh, it's kind of like stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle. Okay, she's yeah. intermittent. Like she's yeah, she's at the side. I like of, that. You know what I mean? I it's like it's just like she's coming in fuzzy. Quite like, you know, like for instance. Oh, she's never coming in fuzzy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. You know La what I reina. mean? I know, I know. I can't even see your hands right now. But that's beside the They're in my pockets. Yeah, I know. I don't know what you're doing. There you go. Hands up for Jesus. Anyway, uh, there's another thing that uh, we can get to, which is apparently the headlines of the dirt sheets everywhere. Um, obviously, we're not going to talk about the backstage portion of this, but the title exchange in I general. I don't believe any of the backstage I don't. I don't believe it either. Yeah. But I, I think it's funny. The title exchange clearly was a, was a faux pas in, in any way that you do it. I have a hot take. Okay, go for it. Because I hated it, but... The stuff that people said where Charlotte went off script, I think, was the best part of the segment and made it better. Because if it was just a normal, like, whatever, it wasn't good. But the fact that Charlotte looked and acted so disgusted with how it was happening, that's how we all feel like fans. So to me, that endeared me to her being like, yeah. She's like, fuck you. This is dumb. This is her... Like, it's one of those things. It's like people like to bitch about the WWE writing and like whatever. Not going to change is so shitty. Charlotte is openly rebelling it in front of your eyes. And you just hate her so much that you won't. I fucking loved that endeared her to me. I'm like, this is great. She's literally giving WWE a middle finger being like, fuck you. I wanted to lose to Bianca on Monday. Becky should have lost to freaking someone on at Crown Jewel. This is the dumbest thing ever. The dumbest thing ever. So to me, that was the best part of the segment because the idea of it was dumb. The majority of the execution of it was dumb. I saw when they re it on Fox when they doubled up Dynamite and tripled them in the demos that they completely cut that part out, which means there is some truth to them being upset with Charlotte. But you know what? Good for you, Charlotte. Sometimes when you're in a position of power like her, you need to stand up because you're not just standing up for yourself. I guarantee you there are, everyone in the back has had moments like that where they've wanted to do it. But if fucking T-Bar does it, nothing changes. Someone like Charlotte does it, it at least grabs people's attention and gets a discussion going. So good for you, Charlotte. I'm proud of her. Fuck you. I love it. Wow. I'm pr- honestly, legitimately, like, I'm not, no bullshit on this. I'm not just doing it to whatever. But, like, legitimately, I'm happy she did it. Because every now and then, the only way things change is if someone fucking openly rebels. Charlotte has one of the biggest names, one of the most, like, the probably like the biggest voice in the ear to people up there and that people pay attention to. So good for her for saying fuck you. Even if it was maybe for some of the wrong reasons, I don't care. For me, I thought that was the best part of the segment. You you have changed my logic in that entire by that three minute tirade. I didn't even think of that. Wow. Cause not because now I'm thinking of like if it's live and it's better, what does it matter? Exactly. 
thought that was better. Anything they could have so, written, what happened was better. For a garbage segment that we would have came on here and probably barely talked about because right. it would have been more of the same, so it worked. I like to dip my toe in the dirt sheet on this one specifically. We're not going to get into it. Yeah. But for someone, someone, I don't know who, what, what ghostwriter decided to write this, <laughs> but because they were in the ring and they knew what happened, they said something along the lines of Becky wanted to hold both belts to have a Becky two belts moment. Yeah. Nobody gives a flying fuck about a Becky yeah. two belts moment. And if that was the actual case... Shame on Becky because nobody cares. Yeah. Like, that's that's selfish in a way, too. Like, that, that is selfish. Like, oh, I got to have my shit. I got to have my moment. No, nobody cares if you held both titles because we know that you're going to give the title to the other person. Yeah. So this whole thing is ridiculous. The whole thing, the title exchange is different. What should have happened is what you said. But if you could have booked the title exchange any better in, in a certain way, I would have felt like, you do something where, like, they do, like, that, you know, they both hold on to it. They tug a word a little bit. But whatever. Like, Logic-wise, like, why would either of them want to give up a title they worked hard to win? Like, I know it's like you're still getting a title and it's just a different color. But, like, for me, like, if I was a champion and I worked hard, like, this, the SmackDown title represents me coming back and squashing Bianca Belair, who had been unbeatable for a year in whatever it was, 26 seconds. That would mean more to me than just being handed like the, raw championship, a, the yeah. championship, which granted for Becky, she had never lost it. But if I'm Charlotte, it's like, it's like, okay, like whatever. And again, it's, I get, it's just changing the title. I know a lot of people want to change them at WWE Universal. They're not going to do that. They're just no, not. not. But it's just like, for me, it's like, logically, like, why would I want to give up the title that represents my hard work for a different one? I wouldn't. So yeah, if I was Charlotte, I'd throw it on the ground too. Be like, fuck you. I'm not handing it also, to you. Also, point of contention. From a stat standpoint, does your reign start from the new championship or does your reign continue from the previous one in the record books? I think it just counts as one reign. It just will have an asterisk being like it's switched. See, that's bullshit to me. That's fucking bullshit. Because does that mean that she becomes another raw champion? Or I, think, she no, I, another? I think it's that she's still, because they total them together. But when they do right. say. But I'm saying like you switch belts. Does that mean you get a new championship number attached to yourself? I don't think so. But it's, you wait till they pad those stats later in Hall of Fame. It definitely fucks it up. But it, it's, it's one of those. Convoluted. Where does it like? I know that we're stats nerds and that's whatever. But for me, I went. No, I think it does matter. But title reigns and like numbers and days like it's a conversation because that's how you can judge people. Sure, and I think that's a long Hall of Fame goat worthy conversation. I mean, but but honestly, the both of them are locks for the Hall of Fame. And sure, no, I understand that. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Becky can do literally nothing to me that'll put Becky above Charlotte, ever, in my opinion. I don't disagree because Charlotte is just so good as much as you can fucking hate her and be annoyed with her there's a reason why she's always gotten the treatment she has not yeah. only because she has the name but she had that name and she still backed it up and yeah, became yeah. the best like that to me like that's why i'll have more respect for her than probably almost anyone because it's like i think i think the opposite when i say yes she was she given an open door to walk through sure. because of the flair name but she also had way more pressure to live up to it than anyone with a regular name. Oh, it was like Cody Rhodes said, your second generation yeah. star. Good luck. You know, another, like another big reason why I've yeah. always loved him too, because he's yeah. a similar thing where it's like, because I remember the first time I saw Cody Rhodes, I'm like, look at this fucking loser. He's this tiny little guy. I'm like, he sucks. I love fucking Ted DiBiase Jr. more because he looked more like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. He was. I hated Cody Rhodes. By the way, being a legacy. Ted DiBiase song was one of the best songs ever. I come, come from, from money. money. And I still I have come it. From cash. I still have it on my oh shelf. Oh my god, I, I listen I, to it all the time. Oh my god, such a great song. Such a great song. We got way off back, but. Yes, we've talked about the title exchange. Let's move on to something else. Do uh, you have anything else, Heidi? You want to go through the rounds of Jabra Should we alert? run through the reruns? Sure, you can do reruns. I'll do Jabra Mansoor alert. Mansoor beat Ali in a rerun. Also a Jabra alert. Mela beat Liv in an actual match rerun. I don't think this was a Jabra alert. I it was it a Jabra alert. I went back to the sure? seconds. I went back to the seconds. I don't know. I, I don't went know. back to the seconds. Dude, I go back to the seconds. I don't know. It was a Jabra alert, Liv Morgan. Um, That might be it for reruns. But All right, going back to <laughs> SmackDown, you already talked about Ali. So that's done. And then we're going to go over to Dewdrop, who lost to Queen Zaliga. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a rerun. Sorry, Queen Zelina. Hard to say sometimes when you got to, you know. A lot of in your mouth. Um, Liv Morgan, we talked about. And Bearcat, beat your boy Seti. Yeah. That's a whole thing. Yep. And then, of course, Dominic with a domino falling over for your boy Austin Theory. So I will say, because I didn't, I didn't, I wish these two would have got more time. Oh, everybody. But I feel like we're headed towards a Theory Mysterio feud, Rey Mysterio feud. And that interests me because I think that would be a cool matchup. So here's what I realized about this entire thing. When I saw the backstage promo with Theory, Ray, and Dominic, I thought to myself, they're both 24. And you could see the difference. I think not, Theory's three months older than okay, him. Okay, but that's fine. Yeah. Regardless of 
who looks good because they work out and whatever. You can throw all that out the window. When you see them next to each other, there is a guy that looks like the everyman and there is a guy that looks like he should be on a fucking poster. And when I saw that, I went, yep, he's right where he's supposed to be. Theory's special and Theory's also... We kind of forget that he was on Raw like three or four years, oh, yeah. or like a couple of years ago, and yeah. then got sent down back down because he wasn't. But like, this is a guy who has kind of been on TV for a while. He definitely is very seasoned, and he is ready for this. I'm I'm so excited because it's such. Like, he looks like a dick, and that's going to be yeah, so good for him. He has a punchable face, yes. and I think that leads into a lot of conversations where it's just like, yes, I don't want this guy to ever like. We know he can be a baby face. We know he can be. Uh, heel. We know he can be funny with the way. We know that he can be serious. Like he can do everything and anything already at 24. So yeah, he's gonna need time to mature, but he's on his way. Just give him fun feuds like Ray Mysterio's yeah. and like they did with the Jeff Hardy. Like give me that stuff to start, and eventually he'll be U.S. champion in no time. I think he's gonna do a, a lot of great work with the undercard people because yeah, I think 100%. he will be a master of the mid card and he'll get some main event opportunities. I think he will. I think a couple of years from now we're gonna say he's big, big deal, big boy, big deal. Yeah. Uh, so I think we have to talk about the the Rush tag team match. So first off, we have the triple threat number one contenders, which is cool. But first of all, the team that hadn't won in 10 months got a win. Granted, because Omos took out the Street Profits. We're clearly headed towards a Street Profits, AJ Omos feud, which I'm okay with. I'm glad there's a second tier uh, Rod tag team feud. But the Dirty Dogs number one contenders is like, okay, sweet. We'll get it next week. Nope. nope. Instead of uh, maybe lengthening some of these jobber alert matches, Let's just fucking have it the same night. Granted, it was a great match. The Dirty Dogs are great wrestlers, but these guys haven't won a match in 10 months. 10 months? Did you, where'd you find that stat? I'm curious. I saw someone say it on Twitter. I'm so it has to be true. Possible. Yeah, but I, can you name the last time they won a match? I can't, so it's probably I feel like they won the tag titles a lot. Like, it was a long time ago. Was it? It feels like yeah. it was very short. Because like that, that was a long time ago. I don't know. I, That's probably the last time they won a match. I don't know. Because they were barely on TV. You know what it was? You know what it was? Was that they, I feel like they beat the Mysterios for something. I don't think they ever actually beat them. I think the Mysterios beat them every time. No, but wasn't it one of those things where, like, Dominic lost to them individually and then yeah. they lost? Oh, yeah, like... singles matches. But as a tag team, they hadn't won in 10 months. <laughs> okay. Huh. Okay. But number one contenders, and then and then it's over in one night, though. So what's the point? It's fine. It's fine. Ah, look, it's it, not it, fine. Oh, no, I was, I was head-scratching myself personally, but whatever. It is what it is, and I don't know. I just I can't get to the point of, of anything at this point with, with the whole tag team division. It's... It's leaving a bad taste in my mouth. So let's get hopeful. You Push the me? Alpha Academy. Hey, I was excited for Otis. He looked like he didn't leave his feet once. I love them as a team, and I love their fucking music. I want more of their music. I'm glad they got an entrance because I love. I can listen to that music all day. Just wait till they get Gable so Stevenson. I, again, hey, I think I'm going to be on the money with that one. But I would. These are the guys I'd like to see uh, uh, dethrone RK Bro someday. Not even kidding. Really? Yeah, I think wow. Alpha Academy. You build them up. And they're the ones who beat RK Bro whenever that is. Because I think Gable and Otis have something special. And then if you add the other Gable, Steveson, I think it could be really special. Gable, 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 yeah. Gable. So I, I want these guys to get a big push on Monday Night Raw. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against that. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, Gable Steveson needs to be, uh, would they say they're, they're going to debut him in WrestleMania perhaps? I don't know. We'll see how that Makes goes. Makes sense. It's a big deal. It's a yeah. big deal. Big deal. Uh, you want to get hopeful? Yeah, let's get hopeful. All right, I'll let you go first. So they had a little tease on Monday Night Raw. This is something I know I've hoped for before, so I'm going to double down a long time ago because this guy was off TV for a while. But that was uh, so Keith Lee squashed, as you mentioned, Cedric Alexander. But after the match, my boy Sheltie kind of staring at him in the ring. And Keith Lee's looking at him like, your Bearcat's like, come get these claws, baby. Come get these claws. Well, imagine if he gets a come get these claws shirt. And come get these knockoff. claws. Yeah. Well, then he could get sponsored by White Claw. Yeah, That'd be well, great. He'd also it'd be a Braun knockoff, which would be hilarious. But, well, he's probably better than Braun in many ways. But yeah. I mean, in the rain, sure. But I don't know about anything else. But like, so that's got me thinking. Shelton kind of like, you can say like, oh, maybe he just ran and hid. But it was more of like, I saw this as a sign of the like a tease, a deep tease. That like Keith Lee... Staying on Raw and being around these guys would make so much sense, given his character change as being another member of the Hurt Business. And having him kind of be like the eventually usurp Bobby Lashley is kind of like we see it all the time in stables. There's the young guy that you can tell is going to be the future face of the franchise, but you still have the dominant guy now and you eventually get the overthrow. Obviously, that's how The Rock was born, all these other things. But that's what I took this as. So that's my hope is that we build this nice story because I know you and some others can be critical of Keith Lee promos. Well, here's the thing about the Hurt Business. MVP does most of the talking. So MVP 
putting over Keith Lee constantly would be great. The look of this stable with freaking Lashley and Keith Lee at the forefront and then my boy Sheltie and Cedric right there with them as extra heavy, like, it would just be so much fun. They brought back the Hurt Business, you know, pro- just trying to, it felt like, for the Goldberg feud, but going forward to really bring them back of this great stable that they stumbled upon to make it even better, we're to get Keith Lee in. We could have this nice little short-term storyline. Maybe he has a match, like, with Lashley to help set it up, or maybe... When Lashley comes back, they just, I just think that this makes so much sense. I want it. I think it'll work for the Bearcat because clearly WWE and Raw are going to invest in him. He's going to get a big push. So having him be part of the Hurt Business, build up more big heels, especially to face Big E, maybe Keith Lee's the one to take down Big E someday. Ooh. So I think that could be really interesting. That's my hope. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. So I have two hopes, but I really should stick to one because I don't want to do this. Basically, I just, want to, I just want to make a joke very quickly about how our boy Dom thinks that beer is the next Batista. And that was basically going to be one I hope hey. this comes true. Because, you know, that's a, bold, that's a bold pick. That's a bold pick that he thinks well, Veer is coming, comparison. by the way. He's coming to Raw, even so, though he's been on Raw. Batista's in movies as an actor. I believe Veer has had a movie made about him. It's true. So there you go. There's another parallel. I'm just saying, you know what? I could see The Veer. animal Veer. Look, look, look. I'm just saying this much is that Veer... Veer looks like somebody on a poster. Like they he, broke him up for a reason. Yeah, from I think them, they see so. some. Honestly, out of the three, out of the three goofs, he was the most. He looked like a star. He just looked like a star. Vince likes the big boys too. Well, we know that. Yeah. See, in WCW, was where the big boys play, but in WWE, it's where the big boys play. Yeah, yeah I get you. Uh, anyway, my real hope is that Selena Vega is now queen. Queen Zelina. Now, she didn't get the, you know, the, the real star treatment when it came to actually wrestling slash getting the crown, but now she has the crown. She has a character development. But what I thought about more than anything, JC, was backstage, there was a, a, a plethora of women that were staring at the monitor rolling their eyes before Dewdrop came out and did her, you know, Dewdrop dance. And all I could think about was, yeah, come on, let's go. Whatever. And New so, Emma. Yeah, exactly. Do, 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 She's just do, catching do, do, bubbles. Do, do, do. I love that song. I forgot so about good. Billy loving that song, too. So I thought that... Here's what I would love to see is that Zelina Vega should end up having a stable of women around her. Maybe some people that are for her and trying to realize that, like a Dana Brooke. Duh, me. No. Exactly. People that are not going to do much anyway that she could potentially drag with her around and have a heavy for her. Somebody like a Tamina, somebody like a Dana Brooke, having somebody that maybe loses a match and has to be part of Zelina's stable, stuff like that. Because we don't, we've never had a true, well, we've had a couple, but we've had those like Team Bex or whatever, and then like the Team Bad, like, but I'm talking about like a stable of women that are not being used on Monday Night Raw that I think, because I'm looking at, the, I, I picked up the roster while you were talking, and I like, there are women on here, not necessarily people I'm fans of, but at least something you can do with, right? Yes, we joke about Tamina, but there's Mia Yim not doing anything. There's... Dana Brooke, not doing anything. Your girl, Knox, not doing anything. Get her on TV, damn it. She's so good. Right? So, like, you could, she maybe she loses a match and that she could be part of Zelina. Like, she has to kiss Zelina's feet, whatever. You know, like, all that stuff. You can get into, like, Dewdrop being, like, the overcoming hero. You can do so much with it because it's a second-tier women's thing. Because right now, oh, Nia Jax could be her heavy. You know what I mean? Like, anything. Like, you could be the, the strong person that you defy the queen and Nia just fucks you up off of their head. It'll work. I just don't think Nia is taking orders from people. That's why I think Tamina works. That's better. fine, but I mean, like, you could do all sorts of things. I'm just saying there's a lot of women that are really good 100%. that deserve something, and I think Zelina Vega should have a stable. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag Queen's crown was not good. You can call it a stable, but you could also call it uh, her Queen's court. There you go. So there you go. There you go. Don't call it a comeback. Whoa. I'm veering off here. I'm not giving Whoa. it to you. So, on Saturday, on Dynamite, Cody Rhodes Ugh. beat Malachi Black. And you know what? I just decided here on the whim, because I was going to give my comeback to Zelina. We've talked about her a lot. She is the great. I love her. The best. But uh, Cody Rhodes is going to get my comeback, because it was also the uh, series or the season finale of Rhodes of the Top 2, so there was a lot of Cody on Saturday. A lot of Cody. But it was one of those things, and I was like, what is the most interesting outcome for this trilogy? Because a Malachi back sweep, it'd be like, okay, we, we've already started the broken down Cody process and started to like try to build him up or change him. So I feel like another loss, it just was kind of be like more of the same. What would get more of a reaction and maybe be best for both characters? 
And I think it, I think legitimately it was a Cody W because now I think that now that Cody got this win, maybe he starts to change his mentality perspective. And if you watch Road to the Top, it's like this this is something he's really been thinking about because he was kind of a little blindsided by the crowd reacting to him. And he didn't realize that they had the Cody fatigue that until after where he realized like in wrestling it happens, and I guess they do. And you could tell how much it hurt him. But also for Malachi Black, I think this is important because I think a lot of the times when you get someone new in a character like him, they just win, 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 win. And they don't really get adversity until maybe they get, like, finally a title shot and then they lose. And then it's kind of like, well, where do we go with them? But I think with him picking up this L now and having that in the column, I think it'll make him stronger. And I thought his Instagram post was fucking phenomenal. Like, I know it's circulated very well on Twitter. AEW even put it out there. But, like, this guy just gets himself and his character and, like, the industry so well that it just – I thought it worked so well. So I think this is the best thing for him is to get that loss because now he can just go out – and just do his thing, and you don't, you're not thinking about that, because I feel like a lot of times undefeated people, you're always thinking about it, and I think it kind of hamstrings you. Now we're not really hamstrung with him. I think there's more of an open door for him to really burst through, because Cody obviously went literally laid down for him immediately when he got here, but now that I think Malachi's gotten that first L, I think we can move on, and he can just kind of be more of like that artist he wants to be in that blank canvas, and they can literally do whatever they want and be open with him, which I think is exciting because he is such a unique breath of fresh air. So even though Cody gets my comeback, I think it's kind of a dual thing. I thought this was a good decision. I enjoyed it, and I highly recommend watching the season finale of Roast to the Top because it was all centered around the first two of these matches, and it was really cool to see the reaction from Malachi Black to that and Art Anderson's reaction and, you know, Cody kind of living through this, like, uncertainty in his life. It was, it was really cool to see. It's a cool backstage glimpse into it. So I, I agree with everything that you said, but here's what I would have loved to see. Okay. I think Cody needed to win, but I feel as if it went too quickly. I would have wanted, here's what I want. And maybe it's because of the Cody fatigue that it was pushed quicker. But for me, what I would have loved to see were weeks and weeks of preparation, weeks and weeks of training. We kind of like, did. We had those on Anderson no, videos. No, but like that, that felt like it was two weeks between matches. It didn't feel like it was a month or, or six weeks or something. Like for me, th- sorry, for me, there's like an anticipation of, I'm not going to draw the comparison. Fuck it. I'll just draw the comparison. Oh, boy. When you watch this, it felt like it could be a, a, a something in a movie, like Rocky Balboa, right? Like Rocky Balboa went on a fucking like annihilation like he, he he was beating people like tomato cans yeah then he lost to mr t club lang and then he had to go back to his roots which was i thought kind of paralleled this entire story where like malachi black was the killer you know like doing a whatever but the whole point of me cheering rocky balboa was that he went back to basics like they kind of did that but they didn't commit to it and i think that's the issue with cody was like it was an about face of just let him go to rock bottom. Like, let him go... Com- like, Arn calling him a loser, yeah, that, that's pretty much rock bottom. But honestly, I thought that they could have gone four weeks, six weeks, whatever, till we get to a point of, okay, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. It can be on a Dynamite or a Rampage, whatever. But it needed to feel big. For me, it didn't feel as big because it was so rushed, in my opinion, because I wanted to see more vignettes of Cody struggling. So here's my counter. Because I do think the original plan was to probably have this payoff at full gear. Sure. And if you believe the Tony Khan notes, he was one of the three opponents scheduled for, to possibly face Cody. But I think that the reason why I don't, I don't mind the timing of it as much is because I think if you go that route, Cody has to remain a babyface because he's Rocky. But I really think that, and especially like the teases he gave in Rose of the Top... I think we're actually going to see somewhat of a character change. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the full heel or whatever, but I think we're going to get a little bit more of the darker Cody Rhodes and this bright, shiny, like Captain America looking thing that everyone hates so much. Cause I think it realized like that's not working right now in this day and age, especially with all the new toys in AEW. People don't want that. We've seen that before. And for Cody to be his best Cody, I think he has to go the other route. And I think by doing this, picking up this win here, I think you could use it as a way to twist him into thinking something different and that could twist his character. That's why I don't mind it. I also think that they might have moved it up because I think they realized that they kind of had to get this feud over with for both guys to move on um, just to kind of get them away from each other. Whereas I think Full Gear is, what, still a couple weeks away? So I think that's probably probably part of the reason. But I am curious to see where both of them go next. But uh, as a Cody guy, I love it. And he's getting my comeback. 
Well, my comeback is obligated at this point because uh, there was a particular human being who listens to the program who is a professional wrestler uh, in New England. That is a big, big deal. He wrestled on Saturday night at the Beverly Salem Elks, and he was in the main event, folks, and he was taking on Dick Lane in a unification title match. He was already the Bay State champion, but he won his match against Dick Lane and now became the Bay State and All-Star champion in Elk Mania, but also he is the Granite State champion and also the Ocean State champion. And Vermont, better watch out quickly. I am giving it to Strawberry Shortcake himself. I'm showing you a picture because this is what he looked like. <laughs> he wore, uh, For the people out there that can't see, Tony Spencer is my getting my comeback. He had the Strawberry Shortcake outfit. He, uh, he had an interesting match. I saw it. Um, and he gets my comeback because he says that he deserves it. Uh, I, I tend to agree with the amount of championships he has acquired. I, I, I stress acquired. Um, he gets my comeback because he is a, a staple in the North Shore of wrestling, but uh, he is also a dear friend of the podcast. I do have one follow-up question because yeah. I, I did not see the match, but uh, how many uh, how long in that match was uh, Russ Holds? Because I know he's a big Russ Holds guy. Oh. He talks about Russ Holds a lot, um, and that, that that's so I'm just curious about that because, uh, you know, just curious. I, I, I can't count the <laughs> amount of rest holds per se. I'll go back and watch the footage and I'll ask Tony to uh, yeah, either way though. Good for Tony. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he he is uh he is he is racking up the gold. Uh in, in uh, He's like the Kenny Omega of uh the, the New England area right now. I, I guess the belt collector? He is a belt collector. He has many belts. I know that. He has some championships, but I a lot bet of he belts. cuts way better promos than Kenny Omega though. I would have I would venture a very good guess, yes. But <laughs> Honestly, Tony Spencer is a uh, a a one in one in a lifetime person. So he gets my comeback, Tony. I hope you're happy. You had to wait an hour to get it, but there you go. I'm very proud of you, pal. He All could right. have rested that entire hour to get there. So. <laughs> he put the whole he put, he put himself <laughs> in a rest hold for an hour. R.I.P. My mentions after this one. Oh boy. Anywho, it's time to get big in the big old finish. Let's do it. Let's get ready for Halloween Havoc. Are you ready to get spooky? Because Nestlemania, I know our boy Dom, who covers NXT on JobberKnocker.com. You should check that out for NXT, AEW, New Japan, Reign of Honor, anything you want. We got it. Predictions, specialty articles, our top tens. Uh, the tag team one will be, I think, next month, but our women's is out. You can go back and check the men's. A lot of good stuff on JobberKnocker.com. Uh, but yeah, our boy Dom is very excited for Halloween Havoc. I'm really excited for Halloween Havoc. I don't think I'll be able to watch it live tonight, but I'm going to try to go spoiler free, which means I can't check our group chat tonight because I don't want to get spoilered. But we got a, I think it's an awesome, fun card for Halloween Havoc. We have uh, two spin the wheel make a deals yet to do, but there was one spin the wheel make a deal that was done last week. Oh, we didn't even get to talk about that, that poor girl getting yeah. planted on her head. But it appears she will be okay because EO and Zoe will be defending their women's tag team championships against. Toxic Attraction, and Indy Hartwell and Persia, I forgot the rest of her name, in a ladder match Nestlemania. So uh, this one probably going to have uh, a lot of chaos. And uh, you know what I think when I think chaos? I think it gets a little toxic in a good way sometimes. So I'm going to pick my girls, Toxic Attraction, to win those titles in part one of the Toxic Attraction takeover. I love Gigi. Who for, doesn't? For many reasons. Uh, JC, I, I, you know, is what it is. She's rated R Becky Lynch. Sure. I can, I can get there just cause of the hair. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, she's, she's the third wheel, but whatever. That's oh, fine. No, she's the second wheel. The other girl's the third wheel. JC. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. JC is the third wheel. Oh, okay. JC is a third wheel. It oh. goes Mandy, Gigi, and then yeah. JC. Well, I thought you but, said Gigi was a third wheel. No, 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 no. Sorry. Okay. Gigi is, is my first personally, but beside the fact, I think for some reason, that it is going to be Indy Hartwell's night. Ooh. I don't know why. Two-time women's tag team champion? I don't know why, but EO and Zoe, we know, have shit the bed. Just I mean, end it. Just, Please end it. For it is take them behind the shed and just pull the trigger. So bad. We, I mean, the, the, the foregone conclusion is toxic attraction for everything. But there is an Indy Hartwell, uh, Hartwell, Hartwell, excuse me, uh, feeling that her and her tag team partner have a little bit more... Like this weird chemistry that I can't like. They're best friends, but I want not. them to chase. Yeah, I, That's so what I, I, want. I get that, but I, I kind of feel like I just I feel like Indy Hartwell, excuse me, uh, would you know be a better story sometimes because it's out of nowhere, out of nowhere. So I'm picking Indy and her partner that I can't name. I'm sorry. Interesting, Persia something. 
Persia. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have the uh, NXT Tag Team Championships. This match probably going to be a banner. Also, a spin the wheel, make a deal. So we don't even know the stipulation, but it will be MSK defending against Imperium. And uh, I'm excited. I think this one might kick off the show because I'll probably start with a little spinny spin and then let these two guys, these four guys just go out there and fly around and be awesome and stuff. But uh, MSK is going to retain. I mean, no amount of booing from the crowd will yeah, stop them, them from winning. So, you know. I'm picking MSK. Yeah, MSK is great. Next up, we have the NXT Women's Championship, the Coronation. Oh, you got the... He's wearing a Mandy I'm Rose shirt. I'm wearing it, baby. He ripped Raquel it out. Gonzalez defends against Mandy Rose. I mean, this feels like a, such a foregone conclusion that Mandy's going to win. I'm kind of expecting her not to now, but I mean, I'm picking Mandy Rose to win the NXT Women's Championship and Toxic Attraction to have all the gold, baby, because... I mean, Mandy's the GOAT. She's the face of NXT. She's, like, literally, like, you can't spell 2.0 without Mandy Rose. I just, I don't think Mandy Rose can lose at this point because Raquel Gonzalez is, is, is uh, unfortunately believed her own hype. Honestly, at this point, I think she has fallen very far. I think this feud has kind of, like, helped her a little bit because it's the first time that I've cared about her as a champion, really. I don't care anymore. I was so excited during, you know, the steel cage stuff before she won and all that stuff. I don't know how, how I could lose it, but I, I have lost all interest, all interest in her. Shocking, because you put her over. So I think that's the best thing for her is to get her out. Get of the, the Nestle shed. Nestle shed after her. Yeah, yeah, just shed like a snake. It'll be fine. And Nestle Mini, that brings us to the main event. Holla, if you hear me. He does not say that. He does not say that. He does that. not, but I say it. Uh, hit the sirens, because Braun Breaker, is it time for him to dethrone Tommaso Champion, who has never lost as the NXT Champion? He had to give it up, so that's why he got it back. But is tonight the night that we crown Braun Breaker? I don't think Braun Breaker is going to do anything at all. I think it's going to be more champ. I think there's going to be some chicanery. Beaker, he looks like Beaker. Braun Breaker is what they say. Whatever that, whatever that meme is from the Muppets, Beaker. Braun Beaker. He is going to lose somehow, some way. I think that Tommaso Ciampa turns full heel tonight. Whether it's someone, a hooded figure, I know they've done it before, or someone helping him retain... I think there's going to be some bullshit here. It's going to be dusty, but I think either way, we're going to be leaving Halloween Havoc with Tommaso Ciampa as a mega heel. Let me ask because you Because Braun Breaker chasing right now is the best thing for NXT. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like it's passe to do this? That there is the NXT 2.0, but there's still some older NXT people, and yeah, there no, should be a stable, a stable of people getting together and being like, we're the original NXT. That's interesting. Versus these new guns. Well, you also you also didn't do the Dexter Loomis thing in a haunted house, but that's a thing too. Uh, and then LA Knight's the host. Yes, which I you know, I'll he, watch. he won't be as uh, probably as as great as uh, Shotzi. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean at least they give him a spot because he's one of those guys that I was kind of worried about with this youth thing, but I think he's gonna be fine. Cameron Grimes, maybe we get some uh, Halloween dating segments too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think his character needs to change at all, but it is what it is. Well, but Vince McMahon wants to change, so you think, and so if you, he wants to be on Raw and SmackDown, then he's going to shave his head. I Yeah, yeah, I don't see that at all happening, but whatever. There's too many shaved heads on uh, NXT anyway. But I look, think it's more the beard, honestly. Uh, okay, Yeah, I get that. I get that. I think that's pretty much everything. I mean, uh, I'm excited for Halloween Havoc. I love Spin the Wheel, Make a Deal. I love the themes, so I'm always... I think Halloween Havoc should be everywhere, personally. So Yeah, this is going to be a great night. I'm excited for it. But uh, also, on Wednesday, Dynamite is coming to Boston. Neither of us will be there, sadly. I'm, fa I'm fairly certain Tough Talk, Tony Spencer, Derek Simon, and Kenny Nassel, and uh, I believe the, third, the fourth uh, member of the Horseman is yet to be decided, but uh, yeah. it's going to be an interesting night. My boy, uh, Bertsky, will be sitting up near the front as well. So excited for him and anyone else who is going from the Boston area. But they have a pretty, it's a, I wouldn't say great card, Oof. but a decent card in Dynamite. We have uh, CM Punk taking on Nestle's favorite wrestler, Bobby Fish. I, I just, I can't talk about this. At least they get to see a CM Punk entrance I in just, That's I all can't, I'll say about I'll that. tell you this much. I, Bobby Fish might be close to Kelly Kelly territory for me. Kelly Kelly's better. No, uh, I get that. Kelly Kelly's better. Next up, we have uh, the Dark Order. I fell asleep. Taking on the Elite. Hey, enough, this is another match where it's like, at least they get to see Adam Cole in Boston. Yeah, sure. Who cares? Next up, we have uh, an Eliminator Tournament first-round matchup. Probably the worst one, though, because Moxley's taking on 10. Gets, uh, but again, at least they get to see John Moxley. Exactly. This is parading <laughs> out the uh, just-in cases. Yeah, you get to, uh, like, it's like you get to see it, which is cool, which yeah. if you're there, it's going to be awesome, but Moxley's going to win. Uh, then we get... Uh, the probably underrated match in the first round of the TBS tourney between Hikaru Shida and Sinorina Deeb. We saw it a few weeks ago. 
These two women are fantastic wrestlers. Maybe not all the pizzazz of some of the rest of them in the division, but uh, Boston should see a very good match in this one. And I think Serena's going to win again. Wow. I think, I think they're going to milk this 50th win for Ashita for a while. But what if she's not the first one to 50 after all? Ding, ding, ding. All right, might be on to something. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I like this feud. Honestly, I do. I, do. I like the fact that she smashed the fucking thing, too. I'm glad Hikaru Shida's back on my TV because after they lost the title, they didn't know what to do with her, so they just took her off TV, which was a big L, AEW. I like Deep all the time. I mean, Deep's great. I think she's great. Yeah. Great head of hair. That's what CM Punk said. Unbelievable. Very, very well Other CM, things, too. CM she's Punk wonderful. on commentary, like, dude, when you stop wrestling, please do commentary. It's so good. Way better <laughs> than Jericho. And then uh, next up, we have a TNT title match between Sammy Guevara and Oligo Ethan Page. I want Oligo Ethan Page to win, but he's not going to. Uh, Sammy will retain, but yeah, I uh, just, I hope Boston gets to get, uh, what's his name? Just freaking yelling for 10 minutes because that's one of my favorite parts of AEW. I can't. That's I, great. I, I, so here's the Dan thing. Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert is Stunned. great. Sammy Gravara for me, not for me. Not for me. Matt Safali's favorite wrestler. Seriously? He told me on Saturday, yeah. But again, and what I is said, he drunk? I said as a heel, yes, as a baby face. What is, I got to ask him what his deal is with that. What, prob- what is his allure? Because when he grows up, he probably wants to be him. I don't know. Is it because they look similar with the hair? It's just 100% what it is. Is it really? 100%. Of course. Is it because he... You know he, Matt. I mean, he has a very good wardrobe. And Sammy is an impeccable dresser. But if that's the reason he... Because he, he thinks that's... If he was wrestling, he'd be Sammy Gravara. He's out of his mind. Better heel than a baby face. That's how I feel. Matt's also it. a better heel than a baby face. Just saying. I mean, he is a heel. I, don't, I, I would argue he's never a baby face. But no, uh, we're going to go to Rampage, where we have uh, one... Good matchup, and then another match. Leo Rush uh, making his return to Dynamite, I guess, debut, return debut. Is that a thing? Teaming up with Dante Martin, taking on the Sedal brothers, and I fell asleep. I like the idea of Dante Martin and Leo Rush. I do, too. But I don't care about anything else. Squash them, baby. They won't. It'll probably be a 15-minute match because, you know, Evan Bourne must fly. Uh, but the main event, I would assume, is the main event. Uh, this one I'm actually pretty excited for. The Eliminator Tournament semifinal number one between Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. I think Brian Danielson is excited for these types of matchups because he gets to show a side of himself that he didn't really get to in WWE as much. Because um, I expect this to be really physical and ugly and gross, but a lot of fun. Did you see the promo backstage? It was great. I love that he was basically so implying you watched Rush fat. the top because that's the only way. You I only saw it on the internet. Sorry, oh, I didn't bullshit. get to see. It. I did. So um, for me, I was excited to see that because I was like, oh, he's talking about how fat he is. Okay, that's yep. he's, he's fat shaming without fat shaming. Uh, he's that, being real, and that, that's, no, that's the best part of it. And the other thing, too, is I feel bad for Lance Archer. Hope he's doing okay. That fucking bump on the top of the head. Jesus yeah, Christ. Rough. That's a big man doing yeah, that kind of stuff. Rough. So, I mean, obviously, there are some great things in AEW, but honestly, most of them, in my opinion, just dog shit. Some of them are just Here's the so thing, though. Even passable. the stuff that I don't care about, the match quality is usually always very high. Sure. But here's the thing. Like, I'm entertained, but I, I, I don't feel the need to go watch Rampage anymore. I feel like... I'll watch if I need to. If there's something that's enticing me, sure. But then I'm, I want I'm turning to, it off. I do want to see this match. But there usually is like one match on Rampage I really want to see. Or they just put Anna Jay on Rampage <laughs> and I want to see that. But there's usually... And that's why I think pretty much every week, I think since its exception, inception, is either CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson has wrestled on every Rampage. I'd have to fact check that. But if not, maybe like Adam Cole, the elite was. But they always seem to have something that like is a true main event. But I'm assuming they're taping it at Boston after. So mm. it's always, it is what it is. We'll get spoilers, but you know what? It's one of those things where it's like, it's an extra 45 minutes a week. I spend watching wrestling. that I don't hate. I watched at my leisure. And it's usually for the most part enjoyable. So I'm not going to hate on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. On that note, we've uh, wrapped it up. Do we need to do anything? Uh, uh, five stars, five flames and all podcasting apps. Already told you about the website. Tpublic.com slash jobber Twitter at jobber Facebook, jobber Instagram, jobber All the staff is listed. In the description of this podcast for Twitter. So tweeted us, twatted us, twitted us, twatted us, King Tut us. I don't know. Whatever you want. I don't even know what that means. Is that dirty? King Tut. Probably. But yeah, check us out. Let us know what's up with the what's up and uh, enjoy Halloween Havoc. Hey, I hope you enjoy all the wrestling that you love, folks. And we'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. La Reina!